And we are live just like that. Welcome to the world, Iris. Welcome to the world. The world, welcome, Iris. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Housekeepers Podcast. Dare I say the cleanest hour in podcasting. This is where it's going to be a super fun time. This is, again, for housekeeping managers, by housekeeping managers. We're going to sit back and just talk shop all day. So if you're not into housekeeping management, this may not be for you. But if you are, please grab a drink, grab some popcorn. This is going to be a great Great show. I'm so excited to meet you, Iris. Iris Verdi. Thank you. And learn all about you. So how are you doing? What is what kind of a name is Iris, by the way? Like is what is the heritage? Is it um It was my mother's favorite flower. So oh. I I I was her favorite flower. It was the flower that she uh carried in her bouquet when she got married, and here I am. And how many siblings do you have? None. Oh, that's good because otherwise... Spoiled only child. I was going to say, it'd be quite difficult because you have the favorite flower, someone's the favorite color, somebody else is the favorite month. Nope, I'm the favorite everything, only kid. <laughs> you got it all, all at one time. Good for you. Good for you. So tell me, I, I, I'm super curious about how you got into the cleaning industry. You're like a powerhouse at this point, but there must have been a day... When when young Iris was seeking her first job. Well, actually, it is interesting. So um, I had a background in antiques um, and I had a background in hotels, you know, and retail and those little things that you do when you're in school. Um, yeah. And I had relocated from the New York City area to the Pennsylvania area um, 150,000 years ago. <laughs> And uh, I had gone and put my resume on Indeed, and I was working selling cars. We had just moved to Pennsylvania. You, you took the first job that you could have. My son was, I think, three months old, and I, I you know, made this spiffy little resume. I put it on Indeed, and I got a phone call about a second shift supervisor position at a hospital in, in PA. Um, and I was like, I have no experience in this. And they said, well, you have you have a couple of things that we're looking for. You have the customer service experience. Um, you have experience working with antiques, which means you know how to restore things. You know how to deal with furniture. Um, and you have a sales background. So we kind of like some of the background that you have. Would you be interested in coming in? Um, and I, I went in for the interview. And I remember going home and thinking, you know, evening shift, I have a new baby at home. That wouldn't be so bad. It'll be a job. Um, and I, I, obviously I got the position and it was for a, a, a large contract management company, um, Quaffle Services, who I was with for, for quite some time. And I remember I, I started off, you know, second shift supervisor and I worked for them for probably, I'd say about four to six months before I started to really realize that this could be more than a job, that this wasn't just, you know, something to pay the bills and that there was so much opportunity. Um, and I started being the person who raised their hand. And, and I think that when you get your start in this as a contract manager, you have a ton of opportunity. So for me, you know, there's a startup going on. Does anybody want to go and help? I'll do it. Um, you know, we need somebody to go out on some sales calls. I'll do it. And I grew really rapidly in the country, in the company. Um, I think I was, geez, I think I was there for 14 years. Um, and I was at eight different facilities and obviously worked my way up to resident regional manager or resident regional director. Um, and 
it was pretty early on in my career that I realized that the more that you learn, the more that you're willing to do, the faster you can grow in this business. You know, I, there's so much to unpack with what you said. <laughs> well, it's, you, I, wish, I wish we could take what you just said and we could put it in a bottle and we could throw it on a shelf at Walmart because what you literally just said was you just gave the, the secret, the secret, it's a secret, the secret to success. Say yes. Yes, a hundred percent. Don't be one of these. It's not my job. That's no. Everybody who says that's not my job are hurting themselves. The, the company's not going to get hurt. You hurt. I remember when someone's I, willing to do it. If even if it's not you, someone wants to learn. And even if it's not what you technically, you know, signed up to do you're gaining something from it. So everything that I was offered as a, a, an opportunity to do was an opportunity to learn. And I always have looked at everything that way. And I think I owe a lot of, of you know, where I've gone to that willingness to just say, I'll try it. A million percent. I, I again, gosh, if you could just, <laughs> if there's one thing, right? I remember... So I worked for a competitor of Crothal called Healthcare Services Group. And both are fantastic companies, by the way. There's no yes. ill will from 100%. me or I imagine from you either. I mean, I learned everything from them. I mean, it was really, really fun. But one of the things that I just decided, and full disclosure, there was a time when I was kind of feeling like negative little Ralphie, you know, where I wasn't happy and, and I felt like, some things weren't going the way I thought they should be going. It was tougher, man. Is it tougher than I thought it would be? You know, when I got when I, my recruitment story is very much like yours. I put an app, a resume on monster.com and a guy called me out of the blue yep. and talked me into it. Didn't even tell me it was about housekeeping until the end of the call. At the end of the call is like, Oh, by the way, this is a housekeeping, <laughs> but he did had me sold way before then hard. I mean, it, 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 I'll let the cat out of the bag. Housekeeping managers, those of us who, who are successful in any sense of the word, can run circles around any other manager in any other Agreed. industry. I mean, it, you just, what you, you'd hired one person. I hired eight today, right? Like it's not even close to be, you had one person get mad at you. I had three people throw yep. keys at me. Two didn't show you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so I remember, I just decided that, you know what? It's like one of those things where every day you wake up and you have a decision to make. You're going to go to work or you're not going to go to work. And if you go to work, though, understand that's your decision. Yep. If you're going to say you're going to be there, not don't just be there. Be there completely. Give everything you have and good things are going to happen. 100%. And so I decided I'm going to say yes. I mean, I just put it down on my little goal list. I'm going to say yes to everything that comes to my comes my way. And it didn't take long. It was maybe like three, four months before we had, again, like new accounts starting. And my boss was like, hey, I need volunteers to go. And he said, I need volunteers to go. And I'm only asking once. And Ralph Peterson is not going because he always volunteers. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, you know, like I, I went from being um, willing to do anything to everyone's going, Ralph, you've already earned. You've already won. You've already mm -hmm. earned, the re you know, the respect and the you right. don't have to raise your hand. So it was really interesting. God, say yes. Yeah. Yes has gotten me a lot of places. Yes has also gotten me, you know, relocated 
a whole lot when I was still with Crothel um, to places like Buffalo, which maybe wasn't the, <laughs> my favorite place to be. But still, you know, it, it's all part of a learning experience. And then you wake up one day and you're working at the beach. So it's not you know, bad. I do, I do have to tell you that Rehoboth is my one of my favorite marathons. And so I'm a little bit of a marathon runner. I've run Rehoboth three years in a row. They canceled it last year, of course, due, yeah. due to COVID. But maybe it'll be back this year because it's not till December. So it's a December marathon. Oh, it should probably but, be back by, hopefully. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Rehoboth, Rehoboth Beach Marathon, for those of you who are runners out there, don't want to miss the Rehoboth Beach Marathon. It's a really, really great marathon. Great town. Great little oh, party town. Such a great little place. I mean, I, I still just go, how did I end up here? It, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, my, my, my history is generally in very large, um, you know, city type of hospitals, you know, big, big county owned facilities. And I'm in Lewis, Delaware, living in Rehoboth Beach. And it's, it's not it's a bad thing. It's a tiny little it's out of the, way. The, the pace is slower. Slower, lower Delaware. So let me ask you, did you ever, did you ever work in housekeeping at all or cleaning at all prior to this? So other than when I was um, in the hotel industry, so I was a front desk manager, um, you know, 250,000 years ago. uh, And part of my duties was inspecting rooms, but that was really the, the, the basis and, you know, hotel cleaning and, and hospital cleaning are not even on the same level. Uh, so I didn't have a lot of experience and I, I remember during my training, um, they send you to another account. So you're not going to learn at the account that you're going to be managing. Yeah. And I didn't know anything. Um, and part of my training was working for a full week as a housekeeper and it's, it's 22 years later and that still sticks with me because it was hard work. I came home every day and my back hurt and my feet hurt and my arms were sore because I wasn't somebody who spent my entire life doing that kind of labor. And I I remember to this day what that felt like. And I try to bring that to how I manage my people and respecting how hard they physically work. Yeah, because it it really is. And if you're not not familiar with actually doing a job routine, your expectations can be a lot higher than... Then there's reasonable, and then all you do is fly, you know, put yourself in a position where you're going to lose all the time, and so that's never, that's never good either. I love that practice that everybody who comes, and it, it, it's almost, I wish CNAs, are they CNAs in Delaware? What are they? What are your yep. nursing assistants? CNAs? Yep, CNAs. I wish CNAs had to spend some time in housekeeping before they became CNAs. I really do. And, and and that's not to say it the other way around either, because I think that yeah. housekeepers could really benefit from learning about bedside manners as well and what it's like to deal with, with patients coming in and, oh, yeah. and injuries and family members. And I think that it's some cross pollination there would be super helpful. But, you know, I had a, I had a guy on the show a few weeks ago who was a he cleans a university in Davis University in California. Really good guy. But he was talking about the inspection process and hearing from the customers. And the customers doing the satisfaction surveys. And the customers are the teachers, not the students. And that, that kind of blew me away because when I initially thought about it, I mean, you'd think the customers are 100% yeah. the students and they're not. The students are 
the least of their worries. It's the teachers who are there day in and day out. And I'm reminded that in hospitals, in nursing homes, we we pick up mostly after staff. We, we, it, we don't find many patients causing the, the mess. I've never seen one patient drop paper towels or anything in the employee break room, as an example. Yet there's or, all or kinds of cup in the stairwell. <laughs> and so I, I feel like sometimes we we want to believe. I, I certainly want to believe. I certainly want to be in service to the customer. And that customer being the patient, the resident, the end of life care, the family member, right? Because all of us, all of us in management, and I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know, but the 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 big draw about being in management is we all want to be a hero. And we like being in charge because we like helping. We like having success and 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 being there for other people and, and that's the that's the draw. But when you start to drill down and if you start to consider for one second that we are our customers are not the patients and not the residents and not the family members, but actually the CNAs, it takes the wind out of my sails. <laughs> it makes yeah. me not want to it makes me not want to try so hard, you know, and and <laughs> I think one of the things that I, I try to do, you know, talking about customers, right? So if anything, I think that we miss is our internal versus our external customers. And to your point, the CNAs are our customers and the nurses are our customers and the physicians are our customers and they all have a different need. They all have a different expectation um, and they all own or don't own the facility in different ways and they can be definitely part of the problem yeah um so engagement how do you engage those internal customers the external customers the patients and their family members they're easy if you set an expectation and you deliver you're done my day is complete i have said that i'm going to keep your room safe and and free from infection i've trained my staff to do that so done my internal customers, they can be the ones who are more challenging. Are they washing their hands? Are they handling things in, you know, improperly in the room? Are the CNAs taking the sheets off the bed before my housekeeper comes in there to clean? And do they know when they don't do that, the impact that it has on our time management? So, yeah. Do you... It's so, it's so, it's so key. Everything you just said is so key. And you know what? You know what's so funny is you had a little... You have a little, it seems a little disdain for the, for the great town of Buffalo, New York. I do. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely do. (laughs) It's funny. I, I have worked in Buffalo, New York myself for quite a number of years. And I had an administrator, nursing home administrator, when I was trying to get some assistance with getting CNAs, nursing staff to stop dropping gloves on the floor. Like, Uh It's not dropping. It's not like it's an accident, but like throwing stuff intentionally on the floor next to a garbage can and not bending over to pick it up, like that kind of thing. And you know what he said to me? He said that in the interview, when they're interviewing CNAs, we tell them that it's a benefit they don't have to pick up after themselves. It's an employee benefit. Wow. I was like, all right, so listen, McDonald's has now given iPhones away, you know, to get people to go to work for them. It would be nice if you would have told us in housekeeping that that is being offered because 
all that's doing is causing, I mean, there's a, there's a real struggle. There's a there real struggle. struggle. Housekeepers. And you know, this is, I'm going to say this, but, but I wonder, it sounds like you never had any indication of this and neither did I, but did you never feel like housekeeping was below you at all? Did you ever no. feel like this wasn't? No. So, you know, it's funny when you ever, you ever try to explain to people who have no idea what you do, what you do for a living? I tell people I'm a <laughs> housekeeper and their head explodes. I no tell people I'm the head toilet inspector at the hospital because I really think that that's the easiest way to explain what I do. But so I think it's interesting that you say that. I have I have always maintained, especially when I'm interviewing people in leadership roles for this, if you feel any shame in saying what you do, you will never succeed. I'm in charge of housekeeping. I don't I don't do the environmental services thing. I don't do the, you know, infection prevention thing. I'm in charge of housekeeping. That's my job. And I'm really good at it. And I love what I do. And if you want to judge that, go ahead. I, I can't stop you. I, you know what? I, I, I Look at my business card. This is my business card. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. For those who can't see, I'm holding up a toilet. It is, my business card is a picture or, or a You're going to have to mail me that. I need I that. Will, I will 1 million percent send you one of my business cards. I mean, I have cool things on my desk, but not that. I do have a zombie to keep me <laughs> occupied during this in case I, I get like bored. That. <laughs> I'll send you, I'll, I'll, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you an entire management toolbox. So I, I have love a, that. A little, I have a whole little management toolbox that I send that when I use when I'm training managers, I send them because it's full of stuff that new managers need. You know, like a no button. New managers have real; they struggle with saying no. So I give them a button that says no. <laughs> you have to set a clear expectation. That's right. And you know, so you, you you said something about you know staffing. So this this is probably for anybody who's listening the toughest time that everybody's had in trying to find staffing. So I live in a resort town. So if you're not familiar with Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, um, it's it's nice and quiet here in the wintertime. And then as soon as it starts to get warm, you have all these seasonal jobs that open. Um, and we have restaurants that, you know, my son's a waiter um, and he's killing it as a waiter right now. Um, I passed by a local um, motel the other day that's paying, I think, 16 or $17 an hour with a thousand dollar sign on bonus. Like this oh is, my. this is hard. This is a hard time to be it's recruiting to staff. So, you know, talking about your internal customers, I have to say no. If, if somebody calls me and says, you know, my office has a stain on the carpet. No, I am a hundred percent focused right now on patient areas. One day I will get to your office, Dane. <laughs> it's not going to be today. And I set that tone. I say it nicely and I mean it with, with you know, as nicely as I can. But you have to understand that right now we are 100% focused on our patients and our public areas. And your office is going to have to wait. It's hard. This is a rough it, time. It, it, you know, you're, you're speaking to two things. Number one, you're being extremely smart about utilizing your staffing where you can utilize your staffing and not wasting your staffing on the other side of that i you know i i own a housekeeping management training school right so i train housekeepers in all different um i see a lot of hospitals i see a lot of nursing homes my point and and i'm exposed to a lot of 
current practices. And I've seen the whole gambit from housekeepers are borderline servants to the staff. And not acceptable. Which is really, and you know what, that, that kind of leads to my point about whether or not, if you've ever felt, you know, kind of um, embarrassed about being in a housekeeping position, because in my experience, we, we do get looked down a lot, looked down upon a lot in healthcare. We are, you know, if you, if you look at the chain, if, if somebody wants to put a hierarchy, we're, there's nobody lower than us. And from a, real point of view, I think that's the best place to be because, you know, we're always underestimated and we always come out on top, but it's not always easy to sell to a new staff member. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be 18 and I want you to come in and clean. And I know your friend is a CNA and she's over there and you're over here. And yes, now your friend is now causing more chaos for you and treating you terribly because you're that legit happens. Right. But I've seen nursing homes where the CNAs, take the trash out of the resident rooms. Housekeepers don't take the trash out of resident rooms. I've seen hospitals where the nursing staff empties the, the, the large soiled trash bins in the soil. It changes yeah. shift. They take it with them to the time clock. And then the new shift comes in, they take the empty ones up with them. You know, so I've seen a lot of creative, smart uses of both departments and I've seen it where they're completely siloed and every, if it touches the floor, it's a housekeeping issue. And See, I think, so uh, I'm going to speak to two things. One, I maintain with my staff every day that they're no less important than anybody else here. And I think that if COVID proved anything, it was just how important the environmental services staff. So mm-hmm. I will tell people I'm the head toilet inspector, but I will tell my staff that they are environmental services professionals. Yeah. And if any time has proven that it's this past year. They went into those rooms. They went into those rooms when nobody else wanted to. They went into those rooms and they cleaned them. They went into those rooms and they took out the trash. They went into those rooms even though they were afraid. And most of us in this line of work had an aging workforce and people who fell into those high-risk categories of staff who should be afraid. And they went and they came to work every day And even with the short staff, I mean, there were nights that we were here, my management team, where we'd be here until seven o'clock at night cleaning discharges because you had so many and we were all housekeepers and you did it because that's what the job is. But if there ever was a point that showed these are not the maids, they're not here to clean your dishes out of your break room sink, pick them up because we're not going to clean them. These are professionals, no different than anybody else. And their job, just like the doctors and the nurses and everyone else, is to keep our patients safe. So that's point one. (laughs) And I think I forgot what point two was. (laughs) Sing it, sister. Preach on. No, you're you're absolutely right. You're you're absolutely right. A hundred percent. Yes. I I was in, we had a, a, a state surveyor. It was for an infection control survey. We had a COVID unit lockdown. And she looked through the window. And oh, yeah, said they were going in there. Yeah, we said, you know, we have PPE right here. She goes, I'm not going in there. Yeah. What do you mean you're not going in there? You're the state, all right? You're, <laughs> you're just looking Joint through the commission. window. Joint commission. Joint commission stopped doing surveys. I was one of the last facilities when I was still in New Jersey before I came here to, New Jer- to, to Delaware. We were one of the last surveys because um, they stopped surveying. Crazy. Just professionals. My staff are professionals. No question. And every 100%. manager, 
like we we may have went a little overboard, but right when the pan, you know, maybe April, May, I guess, we're like, all right, if you had vacation on the books, we're going to owe it to you next year because we're going to take all for management, just all vacations coming off the because people were. You know, before when it was really hard to get a COVID test, people were claiming they might they come in contact, and so they'd have two weeks off. And yeah, and then you know now you get kind of light at the end of the tunnel. People are tired, and now there's a staffing shortage. So you're kind what, of still doing it. What are you doing? about the staffing shortage like what practically what just from a practicality point of view what have you have you come up with new recruiting tools or are you so i'm always recruiting i really am always recruiting i'm the person who goes to the supermarket late at night and and tries to steal the the guy who's scrubbing the floors <laughs> I, I will say that i've stolen you know floor text from every walmart i've ever stepped foot into i've got to tell you that's the place to find floor text because those walmart. floors look amazing yep walmart is where i find all my those floor text floor looks amazing you know yeah. i'm very fortunate i work for a, a an excellent organization um and they have referral bonuses so we're we're constantly trying to, you know, talk to, again, our internal customers about bringing your family, bringing your friends, meet strangers on the street and bring them with you to work. I mean, you know, and, and then there's that, that, that urge when you have people who are coming in interviewing and you know how short staffed you are to be like, oh my God, he has a pulse. I'm going to hire him. And you know, that's <laughs> the wrong way to go and you don't do it, but you want to so badly. Like we still have to maintain our standards. We still have to say, we have to hire the same quality and the same caliber of people. And I've been lucky. I, I have to say the last few hires have been phenomenal. Um, and healthcare is that business. So again, this is a resort town and, and there are other jobs that are out there, but they won't be here in the winter. And I think that the smart people who are looking for sustainable work know that healthcare is an industry that you're always going to find consistent work in. Um, you know, this is an honest, it's a hard job, but it's an honest one. Um, and I'm really proud to say that here in, in, um, the facility that I'm in now, my entire structure of our leadership team in this department is made up of housekeepers who have worked their way up. So nice. there is a nice career path, um, nice. here and we have a brand new surgical hospital that's going up. So we'll have some more management opportunities. So I think that that's also a part of it. You know, I think housekeepers, you have your housekeepers that are in the right role and they excel at what they do. And then you have those housekeepers who have that little bit extra that you want to bring up. Um, and I love that. I love finding those people who have that little extra something and, and developing them into that next level. Agreed. And, and, and there's nothing better when it works. Yes. Nothing worse when it doesn't, but there's nothing better when it does. <laughs> Man, is that true? I will drink to that because <laughs> it can sometimes be a disaster. Hold, you know, to your point, holding the line, like drawing the line in the sand on your new hires. Boy, have I been like, I have been desperate. I have been driving around town desperate. Oh yeah. Nobody was in my facility cleaning and you know, it's had nobody at all. And I mean, I've done everything I've done the supermarket, putting up the little help wanted with the little rip tickets, you know, writing my phone number down and, and cutting them so you can just rip off the phone yep. number. I, 
I did this and I did this whole workshop because I, you know, again, I train managers. And so I did this whole workshop on how to like guerrilla marketing for housekeeping, you know, doing the same thing you're doing. Just like go to the store, see who's got the mop in there. <laughs> oh, I gave my, I gave my business card the other day to the, the gas station attendant. Because he had really great customer service skills. He was so friendly. He was so sweet. And I was like, I don't know how much you're making, but I'll pay you more. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I worked uh, some time on Nantucket Island. There is a nursing home, a lovely little nursing home called Our Island Home. It's the only nursing home on the island. Wow. And they, they, they would have suffered. It, so they don't suffer like like you're like you do maybe over there at Rehoboth, but they are, they have the same situation where, you know, three months out of the year, you can make an amazing amount of money. Right. And then the rest of the year, there's zero dollars to be had, right? It's zero industry on Nantucket. Nantucket is a very, yep. very small Island. And so there's very little industry there. There's one hospital, one assisted living community and one nursing home. Like that's your healthcare and starts and ends there. But they pay their housekeepers an, enough of a wage. I don't remember what it is, but it's a it's a lot. It's enough of a wage to where they would be foolish to try to, you right. know, they'd be penny smart and pound foolish, or is it pound smart, penny, uh, whatever that saying is. Penny wise and a pound foolish. There you go. It, you know what I mean? Like, because it does work out. On the other side, I was working in on the Cape Cod and again, just like you're saying, where come summer, all the restaurants, the wages, the wages don't go up. It's the tips that go through the roof. Wow. That's exactly it. The potential to make that money is there. So my, so the staff here, they've stuck by us. I haven't had anybody who's left to take another position. I've got a, I've got a tremendous team of people. Um, and they're dedicated. And again, I, I, and they know they're appreciated. So, you know, I think that that's a big piece of it as well. Yeah. Thank you. And, and great job goes a long way. Yeah, no question. So tell me about that. I'm, I'm curious about your leadership style. I mean, it seems like something pretty special about you. I know that I've huh. been stalking you a little bit. Now, I'm not talking, <laughs> I'm not talking hyperbole. I mean, I'm you know just looking around and, and seeing some stuff and people talking about you. And we made the announcement that you're going to be on the show and people seem to come out of the woodwork. Oh, well, thank they you. were very excited about having you on the show. I mean, you Tell me what, what, how, what, what do you do? That is, how do you keep people? What is your, how do you I mean, operate? I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm an theory. honest leader. How, you, how no, do you, how I do you I mean, I say, thank you. I mean, let's just start right there. I believe in yeah. training. I believe in giving people the tools to do their job appropriately. I believe in spending the money where you need to spend it in order to, to have a facility that's thriving. Um, I will, at any given time, roll up my sleeves, go upstairs and discharge a room or scrub a floor, you know, or give my opinion on something because I've been doing it a long time. I think that I, I, I lead the way that I would want to be led. Um, well, that's good. That's I, nice. I try to manage in a way that is transparent. Um, I can be tough at times when it counts. Um, but I also think that you spend so much time at work that it should be a little fun, you know, so... I believe in the pizza party. I believe in the power of the ice cream social. Um, Me too. You know, food is a good motivator and it's a yeah. great way to say thank you. And, and I appreciate you. Um, it's also where, it's also where families have 
come together as one and solve problems and discussions and learn Absolutely. and discuss, right? So uh, the dinner table has been is very important for all of us. And so to provide that same atmosphere at work only makes sense. Yep. And it is, you know, this, I think, again, I think the pandemic, if, if anything, it strengthened the whole family dynamic that you have at work. And it did strengthen that internal customer family as well, because people were working side by side. Suddenly there's less of a divide between, you know, maybe EVS and nursing because they were hand by hand during a very scary time. Um, and I think that made a difference, you yeah. know, you earlier about you know the housekeepers being treated differently and one of the things that I think that I've learned in in the course of the years that I've been doing this is the housekeeper that's assigned to your unit for anybody who's not in housekeeping but works in healthcare if you treat them as a part of your team they'll act like a part of your team and I try to teach that to nursing every day include them in your celebrations include them in your huddles Include them in your just in, in the discussions. If they're just somebody who's there cleaning your rooms, that's how they're going to act. But if they own your department as much as you and your, the rest of your staff does, they're going to have that level of ownership that makes the difference between a good and a great team member. No question. I was I've told the story before, but I was working in a hospital in Pennsylvania, and we were having a real big problem with HCAP scores. And you're familiar with HCAP scores, right? Yeah, very. Basically how we live and die in, in, in hospitals yes, as far as our, or whether or not we're doing a good job. And housekeeping, we were just getting wrecked. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't so much like we were getting um, – we, we were getting more of no scores than we were getting bad scores, if that makes any sense. Sure. When, when we tried to follow up and we're trying to figure out exactly why we were getting – no scores or, you know, like NA, when you see NA on a survey that when it's housekeeping and housekeeping is NA, there's, you should be going, wait a minute, pause, hold on. Yeah. And what we found out was most of the patients just weren't seeing housekeeping, you know, because the patients stay at the time length of stay, I think is a lot smaller now, a lot shorter now, but yes. at the time it was like three, four days, three days, I think it was the average, but those three days, they're either, if you're, listen, if you're in a hospital for three days, those three days are either spent with surgeries, rehab, or sleeping, right? Like there's a lot. So even if we were to go into your room to clean while you were in there, most times you weren't paying attention or seeing us in there at all. And then what would happen is nursing would come in and like, say they came in, change a shift at three o'clock, three thirty, four o'clock. And they would do a bed change or a dressing change or a nighty change or a little sponge bath or whatever. Right. And they would throw the linen on the floor in the bathroom. And then the family members would come in and they would use the bathroom. They'd see the linen. They'd go, housekeeping. Has housekeeping been in Nobody here? cleaned my mom's room all day. And the patient says, I've never seen a housekeeper. And so they get the survey and it's like, N-A, not applicable. We've never seen the housekeeper. No housekeeper. And that was a real big struggle for us. Like we months of trying to figure out how to get credit. Like, how do you, like, we're like, we're talking about, and this is stupid. It seems silly, but we're talking about either a waiting to clean the room until the patient gets back or B, if they're sleeping, wake them up. Like, how do you accidentally wake up a patient? Cards. You got to leave a little while you were sleeping cards. (laughs) Yeah. So we, we, we did the tent card, the business cards. I love the business cards. We did, we did tent cards. We did, um, we did, we bought newspapers for all the patients 
and we'd put the little sticker. So we use like a sticky note and yep. it said from housekeeping department on the, on the, on the newspaper that didn't work. We taped, you know, we had like the seal that goes around the toilet. So the toilet's been cleaned. We put the seal on it. One person fell cause they couldn't rip the tape. Oh that was it. <laughs> couldn't do that anymore. Well, but you have your nonverbal cues of clean. So though, you know, you've got your, your time cards, you've got your little while you were out, while you were sleeping cards, you've yeah, got your yeah. V tipping, your yeah. blue water, your your little, you know Blue water's key. Blue water's key. Blue water's a big one. Once. You only get one shot at the blue you water. Yeah, one shot and then somebody <laughs> comes in and uses the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, so you know so you know what we finally figured out what to do. And this just goes right to exactly what you were saying with nursing and including housekeeping and everything we started to add the name of the housekeeper to the whiteboard that's in every one of the patient's rooms it's huge once we put a name on it and it changed every day you know what i mean like we even if it was the same housekeeper we're like erase write it somewhere else you know they put little hearts little flowers you know you're getting a little creative but change the place of that so that they see it's new see like oh 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 because you don't know you know housekeepers we do you guys, let me ask you this about your discharges. Do you do discharges all day or is it yeah. one time of the day? Oh, no, it's all day. Oh, see, we we were doing it all day and then the hospital stopped and they said no discharges before 3 p.m. <laughs> really great for housekeeping. Yeah, but it kills you, you for if you have a busy ER. There's no way you could do that. It, it disrupts we, your we, entire patient flow. I mean, I have discharges in the middle of the night. Yeah, really? So I would love three shifts of housekeeping then. Oh yeah. So we have the three shifts of housekeeping and you have discharges. I mean, you know, your busiest time for discharges is right now. Um, yeah. And the problem is as, as you have new patients that are coming in, your ED is admitting, you have direct, you know, physicians who are admitting directly into the hospital. You've got nursing at this time, which really is your peak hours moving patients, which they do, you know, there's, it's not, Right. There's substance behind it. So you have yeah. a patient who's a high falls risk. You want them closer to the nurse's station so that you can observe them. Acuity closer to the nurse's station. Sure. Right. So now yeah. you've got all these beds moving at the same time that you have all these patients that are being discharged and more patients that are being admitted. And it just, you know, if you don't have a good discharge team and a program that's around that, you're dead in the water. Because, no you know, question. patient flow, time is money. I have, you know, our, our system actually will start emailing me when a bed's been sitting for more than 30 minutes before being started. It'll start emailing me when we've gone over 40 minutes before it being completed. I, I have. That's fantastic. That's trigger really, set up really so that I know exactly what's going on and I can even pull up information and see, does somebody need to be retrained? Is someone, you know, maybe not responding quick enough. And we use this and we use it non-punitively. It's a training tool to, sure. to say, you know, let me explain to you why this is important, why it's important <laughs> that we go to the next room. So, and then a certain percentage of our discharges were also, um, we're swabbing to ensure that they're appropriately cleaned. And then, you know, you throw COVID into the mix and C. diff. So we have second steps that we're doing as well. So, you know, depending on what it is, we have a Clorox 360, we do electrostatic spraying, we even have a halo system. So we have all these other steps that add to that time. Um, so we need to be on top of it. I'm curious as to why you're using the uh, Clorox 360. But before I ask you that question, 
I, I'm not against it. I'm just wondering why you use it. Um, how are you tracking? Are you using a phone system to track? Clean and dirty? Done, not done? For our discharges? Yeah, so for we, have a, we have a whole bed tracking system. Yeah. So is, we is have... Do the phone? Uh, yeah, so it's... They yeah. have... All my housekeepers carry an iPhone. Um, oh, and then we have a, yeah. and then we have a bedboard. So they oh, get okay. uh, they're they're assigned a zone. Um, the zone will send them. So it'll sh the zone will know if they're busy, if what they're doing, and it won't send them a task until they've completed a task. Got it. Um, and then we have the bedboard. So there's an office right next to mine where all of my supervisory team is, and the board's always up so that you can see. Okay, Wherever how long has that been? Yeah. Is yeah. that a stat bed? And then we'll readjust. So we might have a bed that's coming up next for a staff person, but we know that we need this bed, bed faster. So we'll, we'll go in and we'll reassign beds. Yeah. Yeah. That's really smart. I was recently at a grocery store, Wegmans grocery store. Is I there love Wegmans, Wegmans. Down in Delaware? There isn't, but I used to live in Pennsylvania. So yeah, I love my Wegmans. Well, and you're familiar with Buffalo, of course. So if there's anything coming out of Buffalo, that's good. It's uh, Wegmans. And Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons isn't bad. <laughs> but I had a Tim Hortons right in the lobby of my hospital in Buffalo. Nice. Love See? my Tim Hortons. See? Big shout out for Tim Hortons. For real. Wegmans uses a wand system. So they actually use it as a competition, which is super fun because that's Wegmans, right? Like they're super engaging. I think they've won like voted number one employer for like five years in a row or whatever. So, I mean, they're, they're obviously motivating their staff by competitions and games and, and and so they're really smart about it but they have this if you look on even down all their aisles in their bathrooms just outside of their bathrooms their front entrance and everything they'll have these little round looks like a quarter that's attached to the wall it's just a little round silver disc and they have a wand on them and anytime they go and check a bathroom they put the wand up to that disc and it tracks how often they go into the bathroom, how often they're cleaning the front entrance, how often oh, they're going into the back and they use it as a competition. So, you know, first shift, second shift, third shift, right? Like they're all, Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so how many people, how many times they're all going in to clean or check bathrooms and all that kind of stuff. Huh. And so I love that too. I think that's really fun. It'd be a fun way to, you know, because there you do have to check your common spaces a certain number of times. And if you were able to Especially now, yeah. And if you're able to come up with some kind of an, a competition and so I way, love healthy competitions and I love giving away prizes, <laughs> even if it's little stuff, even if it's like chocolates or little gift cards. I think that it just makes it fun. I have a whole drawer percent. full of stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, funny, speaking of chocolates and my business card, of course, I have chocolates that are toilets, shapes of toilets. You're going to have to start sharing some of these things with me. I, mean, <laughs> I need chocolate. So I, for housekeeping week one year, I had cookies made up that um, Clorox bottles, Virex bottles, mops, um, and pails that were spectacular. They were all made of cookies. They were all cookies. There's a, a wow. I'm gonna give a shout out to the Jersey Cookie Girl. Uh, you can find her on Instagram. She can make anything into a cookie. Jersey Cookie Girl. Jersey Cookie Girl. She's I'm on totally Instagram. Her up. She made, and if you go on my Instagram, um, she made these incredible. I mean, you know, people were like, "Really, we're gonna eat cookies that look like bleach bottles?" And I was like, "Yeah, we are." <laughs> Damn Skippy we are. You know, I, I do a lot of public speaking, give a lot of seminars and workshops. And 
when we were doing them live, I haven't been doing them live for a while now, but when we were doing them live, I would bring chocolate toilet bowls and I would pass them out. And I would always say, you know, this is just so when you go back, you can, somebody says, where were you? Say you were at a, you know, a crappy conference, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so what, I remember somebody got a little mad at me. They're like, why didn't you get it in white chocolate? Don't you think that'd be a little better? I'm like, I guess I didn't think of white chocolate. All right. It's just, the, it's just, I would be happy with any colored chocolate toilet bowl. And I'm really upset that I hadn't thought of those. Yeah. I'll send you, I'll send you the, the housekeeping week them. is coming. So it certainly is. And it's such, it's such an important, important week. And I'm a big fan of hopefully your staff aren't listening because this might be something that you might want to think about doing. I'm a big fan of handing out awards Me too. for things for things that people don't think are awardable. Like the friendliest person or the person who I have the happy housekeeper time. award. You what? The happy housekeeper award. The happy so, housekeeper. And it has a picture of happy from the seven dwarfs. <laughs> I have the whistle while you work award. Oh, that is awesome. So you're already on top of this. Oh, no, sense. I love the awards. I have, yeah. um, oh, gosh, I have a whole bunch of them. I love giving out awards at Housekeeping Week. And I like I like doing stuff when you can off-site. Um, so parks, you know, they're free. Yeah, and And I try to take my, my budget and spend it towards, like, a barbecue. I found a long time ago that, the staff really loves being able to do things that they can include their families in. Mm. Um, and I always try to find a park. Maybe this year I'll, I'll figure out a way of doing it at the beach. Um, and just having a family barbecue and letting people bring their, their families, having a pinata for the kids and just making <laughs> a, a fun day of it. I'm, I'm very fortunate. My fiance is a DJ. Hold on, hold on. If anybody knows where we can get a pinata toilet, you let us know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a toilet shaped pinata. Don't let that go by. That would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> use a toilet plunger as the bat. That's good. That's housekeeping good. week is literally my favorite holiday. Yeah. Like I like housekeeping week more than Christmas. I love housekeeping week. It's That's, fun. You know what's you know what's so great about you is and I'm I'm sure there's a lot of things that are great about you. <laughs> you're, it's it's like you're it's it's like you're you know the let me say it this way. One of the challenges most people have with giving people gifts is they're concerned whether or not the person who's getting the gift will like the gift. And you seem like you so enjoy giving the gift that, you, you know, you're, you're going to like this. <laughs> you're going to like, you're almost like it's a command. You're going to love this. And you're like, how do you that's, not love this? I mean, she that's hundred percent so me right me. there. <laughs> you nailed me right there. Yeah. I think that is, I think that is pretty fantastic. I think that's a, uh, that's a great quality. I love, I love giving gifts too. And as soon as somebody makes it about them and not about me, I'm I'm so don't want to give them a gift anymore. <laughs> they're like, "What? Well, are you sure they're going to like that?" I'm like, "I have no idea, but I love it, and I think it would be perfect on their shelf." And you know, a hundred percent. Yeah, I love that. You're going to love this. You're going to love this whether you like it or not. <laughs> whether you like it or not. So great, so great. So 
other than other than well, let's just let me just ask you: Where do you use your Clorox three hundred and sixty machine? Where where do you use it? CDF. So, well, it's a mix. So we have a Halo system. Are you so familiar you've been with using, those? You've been using it all along, then. Well, so we all along we've been using the Halo. Are you familiar with the Halo? So the Halo is a activated hydrogen peroxide product, which I love. Yeah. Um, the problem for me with the Halo is that it's very time consuming. So you have to seal all the vents in the room, you set this off, and then it's usually 40 minutes to an hour before it dissipates and you can go into the room. The other problem is hydrogen peroxide, activated hydrogen peroxide and bleach are not friends. So mm -hmm. if you're bleach cleaning a room and then you're following it up with peroxide, you're actually canceling some of the eff efficacy. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to find a nice second step because people are fallible, right? So I can wipe down even myself. If I'm going in and I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning a CDF room, um, I can miss something. So when you have that second step of spraying, I feel like it's giving that extra layer of protection. I love an extra layer of protection. I think that anything that you can do that offers that little bit more is always has some value to it. So I like electrospatic in public areas as well. Um, and Clorox 360 has the two different products. They have the Clorox product and then the, they have the total care product. Um, and I liked using that, especially during the pandemic in my waiting rooms, elevators, stairwells, high touch areas where you have a lot of people who are just touching, touching, touching. Um, and again, you have limited resources and limited staff. So I can spray a very large area in a third of the time that it would have taken me to wipe down all of that area. And things that not, you're not going to be able to wipe all day long, I can spray really fast. So that's why I really like the electrostatic. I think one is that extra layer protection, but two, time efficiency is a big deal. Yeah, for so uh, that's that's really smart, especially when it comes to disinfecting, not cleaning because you're not cleaning anything. You're not cleaning anything. And you know, I I too came from the hotel side, so my first job in housekeeping was at a condo for a ski resort, and I was 16. And you wouldn't think that that'd be a great job for a 16 year old boy, but um, I was the only guy on the. Well, there was one other guy, but he was a driver, and he was a lot older, and none of the girls liked him. <laughs> so, uh, I, I really had a good time, but, um, <laughs> but other than that, so then I went into hotel cleaning and I, I did the same thing where I was the inspector and, you know, house housekeeping in, in hotels pre COVID, we cared nothing about infection control. Not, I mean, we, I would use the same dry towel to, to, shine the entire room you know? <laughs> so let's think about it so i you know i was a project manager for a decent amount of time and i traveled extensively when when i was with crawfel um and the thing that you learn really quickly is that um they don't have mops on their carts it was the last time you pre-covid was the last time you saw a housekeeping cart in a hotel that had a mop on it because they were using the towel you shower you're with. You're using the towel you shower <laughs> with. Throwing the floor. They might spray something. hundred percent. If the floor's already wet, they're and just. With their foot. With so their it's foot. not even like they're bending down and scrubbing it. That's they're right. using their shoe. That's right. I, I was, I, <laughs> I was, 
I was working at a bed and breakfast. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still a young man, 18, 19, working at a bed and breakfast. And I saw the housekeeper with the mop and she was mopping. She was going through and mopping all the bathrooms. And so I was looking for the mop bucket and I didn't find it. And so I went to Twilight, see her. Right? I'm like, where's the mop bucket? And she goes, no, I've already cleaned all the toilets. And so she just dips the t- mop. It, toilets are already clean, she said. So she's just using the toilet water to mop the floor with. And I got to tell you, when I was 19, that made sense to me. <laughs> I, was, I totally did not. I was not grossed out. I did not yeah. think anything of it. I was like, you know, all right, no big deal. But that's but, not the grossest thing that you're finding in a hotel room. Well, no, I mean... What do you want to talk about the grossest thing? You're talking about remote controls. You're talking about the the beds not being changed over. Are you talking about what, what part of it that you want to talk about? The glasses. The gla- never well, use the glasses. Never use the coffee machine. Never use never. the coffee machine. <laughs> never, ever, ever use the glasses. Yeah. Ever. If there's a Keurig in the room and you have a disposable cup, you're kind of safe. Yeah. But if there is a coffee machine... Yeah. And a mug, yeah. one. Yeah. Because whatever they wiped your nightstand with is what they clean the inside of that <laughs> That's right. That's right. My, my point, my, the point I was going to make is that when I joined long-term care, that's my first two raw back into housekeeping was in long-term care, there was very little attention paid to presentation. And a lot of attention paid to infection control. And when I first started, you know, that's what it was sold as. You know, infection control rate is so much more important and clean toilets outdo clean floors. And I just don't buy it. I still think presentation is so complex. There is this study that I read, and this is really what turned me around. There was because again, you know, I'm working with in, in an area where nurses are not clean they're not you know they're 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 creating more messes than they need to they're leaving dirty diapers dirty depends in sinks on shelves in windows i've seen it especially working in in larger and county facilities where i am now these are the most collaborative nurses i've ever worked with and i am very very fortunate they just they wouldn't I, yeah, I work with the kind of staff now that will bend down and pick something up that somebody else dropped. And Love that's that. very, very rare. Yeah, it is um, rare. And so I read this study that it was all about rule breaking. Or, and the question is, are people more willing to break the rules if other rules are being allowed to be broken? And, 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 and it turns question. out, it did, it, and, it all, and the reason why it was so impactful to me is because it had to do with trash. And so there was a trash can. And there was a sign that says, please don't let her, you know, put trash cans are provided for your convenience. Please put all the trash in the trash can. And it was at a little league field and there was a hole in the fence. And the whole experiment was people would be going to see a little league game and the experimenter would ask them to help them bring some boxes over, but say, please don't go through the fence, which is the shortcut. Because there's a little league game in play, and you don't want to disrupt them, right? And there's a big sign above the hole in the fence that says, please don't use this. Right. Don't go through here if a game is in play. And there's also the garbage can right there. If the, there was no garbage on the garbage can, everybody obeyed the rules. If the garbage can was full, 
or if there was garbage can garbage all around it, nobody obeyed the rules. Think about that. So what it, what the study was showing is that if you allow messes, people don't don't respect the area. They don't respect any of the rules. And that clicked for me in a big way because then I, I hear about that study that I'm going to my nursing home and gloves are thrown everywhere and diapers are thrown everywhere and linen's thrown everywhere. And I'm like, how many other rules are being broken here? What you permit, you promote. What you permit, you promote. So now I'm, I'm, I'm really at a loss. I don't know what goes first, but I think presentation for me would be more important than anything else. So long-term care is hard and, and hard and, and I have a background in both. Um, long-term care, it's their home. And there has to be, I think, that, that extra level of oomph. You know, On the presentation in, side, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is, and it's hard. You know, I've worked in, in multiple hospitals that have both, that have the hospital and have the long-term care. Yeah. And there's always different rules, you know, with the amount of personal effects that you can have. And I, I, I know in some of the places that I work, the housekeepers would complain. She has so many, she has so many knickknacks. It's hard for me to dust, you know, and, and those little things, but it's their home. They don't live at your job. You work in their house. Exactly. You have to, you have to have that extra level of presentation. You have to have that, that loved one. You know, when I'm training staff, in a healthcare facility, I'm saying, this is your community. At any point, God forbid, somebody you love could be the next person in that bed. And we should always be cleaning as if somebody that you care about deeply is the next patient that's going to be in that bed and that you want to make sure that they're safe from what that last patient had. Long-term care, they, they do become a part of your family. And you do start to have those residents that you get really attached to. And you, you do have that different level of, I think, service that you want to give to these residents. Um, and it is. It's a little bit harder. You know, you just highlighted something that I, I don't know that I've, I've quite grasped. And, and maybe it's not fully this, but I think it's going to be a piece of it. Where because hospitals is always... The healthcare system, kind of, you know, the, the the most important part of the healthcare system is the hospital, and a lot of times in long term care, we kind of feel like the, excuse my word, but like the bastard children, you the know, red haired stepchild, the stepchild, <laughs> yeah, you know, like we're the lesser of the healthcare, and I think you just articulated quite well why that might be. Whereas the hospital is a public forum, and Anybody could walk in that door at any time for any reason. And long-term care is not a public forum. It is full of people who are at end, mostly at end-of-life care. So you take you, you don't go there until you're very old, and then you then you only go there to visit those who are very old. And by the way, let me let the cat out of the bag. There aren't a lot of family members who care one iota about the people who are there very old in end-of-life care. We have a lot. We, we don't, we do not have a lot of visitors. We do not have a lot of family involvement. And so now there's that seclusion. So not only is the community not going, but the people who are there end of life, they are, they are quite literally the redheaded stepchildren <laughs> because they don't have that community exposure and there's very little threat 
of community exposure. Yep. And that's where you start to ask your staff that every day, so this was my motivator, every day I told my staff, I want you to do something for one person that made a difference for them. It could be something little, like sitting down with them while they're having breakfast or, or knowing that they haven't had a visitor in a while and, and spending that extra 10 minutes talking to them. But every day I challenge you to do something for that resident um, and to make a difference in their life. And I want you to come down at the end of the day and say, I made a difference today. It was about, oh, I don't know, six, seven, eight months after I started working in long-term care, working in a nursing home uh, in housekeeping. It took me that long for me to really kind of fully understand my role and how much I needed to be on my feet because in housekeeping, the office is not your friend. You know, it just isn't. And managed by walking around management by walking around. And I remember I, I started to do this whole thing where, you know, you'd have to walk around five, six, eight times a day. And it was a five story building. And so I was like committed. I'm going to go up the back staircase all the way to the fifth floor and then just round all the way down. And then, get everyone else done and then go back up and then down. So like I said, six, eight months before I figured out like, this is what you have to do. Otherwise people are just going to sneak away for cigarettes and whatever. And I remember quite distinctly, I'm on a move and I'm just walking very fast, just saying hello. And, and I, my whole thing is the best thing I can do for anybody is give a positive attitude, positive, 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 just happy, go lucky. And this guy, this resident stopped me. He's been sitting out in front of his room for months now watching me. And he stopped me one day and he said, do you realize that you are the light of my life? Oh. I know. I was like, what? He goes, like, you are like a rock star. He goes, when you walk on this floor, everybody gets happier. And I was oh like, my God, that's so sweet. If there's a mission I want, that's the mission I want, right? I mean... Because there's no, there's very other, there's very few other departments that have the ability to even walk the entire building. You know, you're a nurse manager. You're a nurse manager on that unit. Yep. You know what I mean? You're, you're a director of something. You're housekeeping. We get the luxury We're of everywhere. seeing everything and everyone all the time. We're the most important. I don't know why we don't get paid more. I don't We're either. I agree. <laughs> but we are, and and. I think the thing that staff doesn't always understand is we're the ones who are coming in their room. We're not poking them. We're not prodding them. We're not giving them bad news. We're most of the time not disturbing them because we're coming in, you know, after they've had their breakfast. They yeah. like seeing us. Yeah. We're making their environment better. We're taking they, the things out of their room that they don't want. We're cleaning for them. They love us. They Talk want to, to your love patients. us. They want talk to, love to your us. patients, talk to your patients, talk That's to your right. patients. And all we have to do is smile and be kind. Man, what a job. <laughs> smile, be kind. And as Iris says, say yes. <laughs> say yes. Always say yes. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> well, this has been super fun. I really appreciate it. Can you believe an hour has gone by already? No, I can't. I actually, I, I kept glancing over going, I still have more to say. <laughs> I know, I know. We're going to have to have you back on again because this has been a really great, engaging, super fun, super relaxed. I, this is what I love about this show is that I hope it highlights just how amazing housekeeping managers are. Just how amazing. You're, you really are great. You're in, Thank you. This was a lot just, of fun. That hospital is is lucky to have you, and your staff are lucky to have you. And I hope they, 
appreciate you because um, I appreciate them and I yeah, appreciate the collaboration clear. here. It's clear. It's clear. Before we get out of here, if you are in the position where you are, maybe you've always wanted to be a housekeeping manager. Maybe you've been a number two for a while and you just need a little help getting that push over the edge. Consider attending the standard help and rehab. It is a workshop. It is, we do a whole thing. We do seminars, workshops, webinars, everything to train housekeeping managers. Oh my gosh. By the way, we have this brand new thing. It's called Housekeeping Leadership Academy where it's every week, it's a one hour mentoring call with me. It's a group coaching call with me and a bunch of housekeeping managers from all over the country, talking management, talking strategy, talking how to hire, how to fire, how to write up, how to discipline, how to award, <laughs> reward our staff and get things done. So if you're interested in the Leadership Academy, please reach out to me at info at ralphpeterson.com. Otherwise, this has been the Housekeepers Podcast. Thank you so much, Iris, for being on. And that's it for us. Iris, thank you.